0: This does not serve as a conclusion to Christmas, but rather as a start to the new year. I pray that you're ready for an incredible 2022. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. 2022 is going to be far better than 2021 ever dreamt of being. And we are excited about that. And so today, I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about God's vision. God's vision for his people. God's vision for his church, and God's vision for you. I read that a blind man's world is bound by the limits of his touch. That an ignorant man's world is bound by the limits of his knowledge. But a great man's world is bound only by the limits of his of his vision. I can't speak for you, but I want to be great in the sight of God. Therefore, I have come to the conclusion that if I want to be great in the sight of God, then I'm going to have to improve my vision. I need to improve my vision, my understanding of God's vision for my life. But here's the thing, When you have vision, you often see more than you really want to see. Amen? When I see God's vision for my life, I often see more about me than I want to see. I see where I have maybe fallen short. I see where maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing sometimes. But if a great man's world is bound by the limits of his vision then I think that we can say that a great church's world is bound only by God's vision. Let us cling to the vision God has for Bethel Baptist Church in the coming year. Someone once made a comparison between live churches and dead churches. And it said... You need to see where we fit in. Live churches constantly change. But dead churches refuse and even resist change. Live churches have noisy, fidgety kids. Dead churches are quiet. Live churches need money. And take up many special offerings. Can I tell you that your offering last Sunday for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missionaries was one thousand one hundred and fifty-five dollars? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. We su- we support the offer or the uh, Lottie Moon uh, offering, but dead churches often focus on just their savings. Live churches reach out to sinners, while dead churches often reach in to the saved people that are already there. Live churches are like lighthouses in the community, while dead churches are like one of those little 20-watt uh, night lights you have in your hallway. Live churches move by faith. Dead churches have to see it first. Live churches are filled with doers of the word. Dead churches don't and likely won't. Live churches have a vision. They have a dream. But it seems like dead churches are still asleep. I want you to ask yourself today this question. I want you to ask yourself, what kind of church would my church be if every member was just like me? Ask yourself, what kind of church would my church be if every member attended like me? What kind of church would my church be if every member prayed like me? What kind of church would my church be if every member served like me? What kind of church would my church be if every one of the members gave like me? What kind of church would my church be if every one of its members shared the good news of Jesus just like me? Fred, if they don't convict your soul, You need to re-examine. That has touched me in a way that I haven't been touched by God's word in a long time. And so today, we're going to prepare to dive into what seems to be an uncertain 2022. We don't know what's going to be happening with Omicron or Delta or our, our economy or any other thing for that matter. And so today, I want us to see what God says about our God-given vision. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk. Now, in the Bibles in front of you, that's going to be on page 826. The book of Habakkuk. I'm glad we don't name our kids Habakkuk anymore. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. Uh, But here's the thing. While you're going there to the book of Habakkuk, I want you to know that while Habakkuk is considered a minor prophet, what he has to say to us and what God speaks to us through him is a major issue for us. Habakkuk begins in chapter 1 by asking God some really tough questions. He begins by asking God some hard questions like this one. Why do the wicked prosper while the righteous seem to struggle? He asks God, Why is it that it seems like the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer? Why is that? He says, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry out for these answers? And you will not hear me. And then Habakkuk, is dumbfounded by God's response. God essentially says to Habakkuk, I see the wickedness in the land, and I am not silent. Listen, God says, I am allowing the wicked and heathen nation of Babylon to be built up, and here's why, so that Babylon will come and discipline my people. How many of you know that when God really loves you, you receive the discipline of God? How many of you know that when you're not in the right place with God, that God will send or permit discipline to come to you so that you will change your course and so that you will come closer to God? That's what God was saying to Habakkuk. And today I want you to see how the Lord continues to to answer Habakkuk in chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now, I want to read this to you from the New Living Translation. You can follow along. I'll be telling you the verses. But I want you to hear what the prophet Habakkuk writes. Verse 1. I will climb up to my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how God is going to answer my complaint. Verse 2, And then the Lord said to me, Write this vision plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to other people. Verse 3, This vision is for a future time, and it describes the end. And listen, it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, Children of God, wait patiently, for it will surely take place and it will not be delayed. Verse 4, look at the proud. Look how they trust in themselves. Their lives are crooked, but the righteous, the righteous will live by faith in God. You know, Habakkuk found that no matter how desperate, no matter how difficult things may seem, here, no matter what, God is continuously building up his people. He's building up his kingdom, and he will not stop until we have reached the place where God wants us to be. But what does this passage in a, pack, a Habakkuk offer to you and I today? What lessons can we learn from this vision? What fruits of wisdom can be gleaned from this little passage of Scripture? What message is it that you and I need to hear right here, right now? What is it that God is revealing to you and to me today? Here's what I think the overarching theme is in that passage, and it's this. When you don't know what... When you don't know where, when you don't know when, and when you don't know how, trust who. Amen. Trust who? You see, when you don't know the when you do know the answer to the question of who you follow, you don't always need to know the answer of the how, what, when, and where. All we need to know is who am I going to hold on to? When the storms come, who am I going to hold on to when the tragedy happens? All I need to know is who is going to keep me from falling when I get tripped up by the enemy? All we need to know is who is going to pick me up when I fail? Who Who is going to turn my life around when I get off course? Who's going to make a way when it just seems like there ain't no way? When we trust who is in control, you ain't got to fear who's not in control. Amen? We can hold on when we know who. And the Bible is clear that it is Jehovah God who is who we can trust. With our future. We can hold on. And listen, friend. Jehovah God's got a vision for you. You may not know it. But he has a vision for you and for your life. No matter whether you're young or old. God's got a vision for you. And God's got a vision for this church family. For you listening online. He has a vision for you as well. As part of this church family. So we need to understand, friend, that God's got a vision. And the most wonderful thing about God's vision for us is that he wants to share it. He wants to share it with us if we would just be receptive to hear it. And in his word, we get glimpses of God's vision. We get glimpses of the future that God has planned for each and every one of us. You see, vision... Is not always about what we can see in the here and now. Vision also allows us to see the broader picture. That's what the Word of God can do. Vision can help us to see the larger possibilities in life. Vision can give us the ability to see that God is at work and that you've got a place in that work. That's what vision does. Vision allows you to step back and see the incredible, available opportunities that you have to serve the the Lord in this planet. Vision allows us to see more than just ourselves, but also to see how other people are to be part of God's perfect plan. Vision enables us to see the needs of other people. Vision enables us to see good in the midst of evil. Vision enables us to have hope In the midst of hopelessness, vision enables us to see great potential in other people, even when they're not living for the Lord right now. Vision. And so we need to be reminded that we have a great need for God-given vision. How do you know, Bill? Well, in Proverbs 29, the wisest man that ever lived, King Solomon, said this, Where there's no vision, people perish. We need God's vision. We need to know what He has planned for us as individuals and as a member of this body. God gives His people vision. But listen carefully, you've got to catch it. God gives His people vision. But it's up to us to catch it. It's up to us to catch his vision. It's up to us to submit our lives to the vision of God. It's up to us to do that. Okay, Bill, what is that vision? What is God's vision for my life? What is God's vision for Bethel Baptist Church? Well, the vision for this church is for us to be a body of believers that are praying that God will use us to make a difference in a very perverse and corrupt generation. We can be used in that, in this place. We've also been given a vision to be a body of believers that trust God to make us a light in our community. Friend, have you caught the vision? Have you caught the vision? Part of the vision is we've been given is to be a body of believers that is committed, committed to raising up the next generation to place Jesus as central in their lives. We do that through Christians in Action and the Bethel Youth Group. Have you caught the vision? Have you caught the vision? We're also given a vision to be a body of believers that through life groups or small group Bible studies, we're not just making converts, we're making disciples. Have you caught the vision? Are you part? of a small group Bible study. Friend, if you haven't, i got good news for you. If you haven't, here's how you do it. Here's how you catch God's vision. In order to catch God's vision like Habakkuk did, then we're going to need to catch a glimpse of what God sees. We've got to catch a glimpse of God's perspective of, on us as individuals and on us as a church. we got to see what God sees. See, God wants every one of us to know what He wants for Bethel Baptist Church. God wants all of us to be obedient to His plan that He's got for this church family. God wants all of us to be alert to what He's doing right here, right now, in our midst this morning to see God's vision, to catch God's vision. We're going to have to improve our connection. We're going to need to improve our vision. Therefore, we're going to need to pray. Pray with open eyes. Pray with receptive hearts and be watching for opportunities and be listening to the needs of people at school. To be listening to the needs of people in our workplace. To be listening to the needs of people in our neighborhood. That's what we've got to do. We've got to be ready to do whatever God asks us to do. That's why this book is so very, very important because it outlines in great detail exactly what God expects from His people. It outlines in great detail exactly what He wants you to do and how He wants you to live. And so we need to be ready to do whatever God asks us to do. Now, we may not be The most educated bunch. We may not be a bunch of theologians. We may not be a bunch of Bible scholars. We may not be skilled or even have the abilities. But here's what we know. We know that if we will just make ourselves available, God will make us able. If we'll just say, God, I'm available, we can trust that he will make us able. And so we pray. We pray asking God for direction, asking him for wisdom, asking him for power, asking him for boldness to do what he's called us to do. And whatever God says, we are going to be receptive to what he wants us to do. When God says, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do my part to lead young people into a relationship with you. When God says, go therefore and make disciples and teach them everything that I've taught you, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to be a part. I'm going to be Jesus to the folks that I know. I'm going to be Jesus to those who are in my circle of influence. I'm going to participate in a life group so that I can grow as a disciple. Of Jesus Christ. We've got to be seeking what God wants. And therefore you've got to spend time in the word. You've got to spend time in the word. So that you know what God wants you to do. So that you know what God wants this church to do. And not only what we want. But mostly what he wants. Because listen. We can't expect God. To reveal his will for us this week. If we're not doing his will today. We can't expect God to reveal His will for next week unless we're doing it this week. We can't expect God to reveal His will for us next month, next year, unless we're attentive to what God wants us to do right here and right now. Like Habakkuk, we have got to learn to see what God sees. We've got to get a glimpse of Of the perspective of God. And it's not God's desire that anybody should perish. But that all would come to repentance. That all would ultimately be saved. And that is part of our God-given vision. But there's more. There's more to God's vision for His people. And the second part is this. We must also tell others what God clearly says. Not only what God clearly sees, but we got to tell others what God clearly says says, you know what? You've got information. You know information that can change someone's life. You know things about the Word of God that can alter the course of someone's eternity. Someone would not die and be damned. Instead, they could Go to heaven because of the information that you have. God said, communicate that. Communicate that vision. Make it plain. Make it clear to the people that you know. And God has specified this vision. He's specified the who, the what, the where, the when, and the how of his vision. You say, That's great, Bill. Tell me. Here it comes. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. Who's going to be affected? By God's vision. Well, the Bible says that the body of Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ, is affected the most. You know, what? the judgment always begins in the house of God, doesn't it? The changes always begin here first, in the house of God. So who's going to be affected mostly? The body of Christ. We're going to change. We're going to grow. And it's God's desire that this body grow. Well, okay, what's going to happen? Well, in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says that the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. The number of disciples multiplied greatly. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that God is interested in numbers? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Listen, we, are the, we know that he is the one who recorded that 3,000 souls were saved one day. Amen? Amen. We know that he's the one who recorded in his word that he added to those who were being saved daily. So yeah, he's interested in numbers. But where will it grow? The body of Christ is going to be affected, right? What's going to happen? The body's going to be multiplied greatly. Well, where's it going to grow? Well, for 15 years now, the mission statement of Bethel Baptist Church has been this. Sharing the love of Jesus across the way, and around the world. Where is it going to grow? Where is it going to multiply greatly? Over yonder, down yonder, up yonder, and way, way over yonder. Amen. God's church is going to grow. The body of Christ is going to grow. Okay, Bill, how? How is it going to grow? Well, back to Acts 6-7, the Bible says that the word of God spread. The Word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. How is it going to spread? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You see, when people hear the gospel good news, when they hear the Word of God, they're led to have a better life. They're led to have improved relationships. They're led to have stronger marriages. They're led to have more hope. In the midst of hopelessness, they're led to sin less because they know God's vision for their life. You know, in verse 3, God said that the vision was for a time yet to come. The vision is for a time yet to come. The things that God plans often take time. They take a little time. God does things with a very clear purpose. And he does things very methodically, very slowly, very steadily. But listen friend, He does them very surely. Okay, Bill? When? When is the body of Christ going to begin multiplying greatly? Because the Word of God is spread. When is it going to start? Over yonder and over yonder. When? Well, that's the hard part, isn't it? Waiting for God's vision to be fulfilled may seem difficult. But the Bible is clear that the wait is going to be well worth it. Because one day, one day, the body of Christ here at Bethel Baptist Church is going to begin to grow. It's going to begin to multiply greatly. Revival is going to begin to happen. Spiritual awakening is going to begin to occur. One day, it's going to happen. And that's why Paul wrote to the believers in Galatia. When he said, let us not grow weary of doing good because in due time we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We just got to keep on keeping on, don't we? We may not see the fruit today, but we know the fruit is coming. George Barna, a great pollster, defined vision this way. He said, vision is a clear mental image Of a future imparted by God to his servants. A clear mental image imparted by God for the future, including for his servants. So vision is far more than what it might be. Vision is far more than how things could be. No, vision is something that must happen. It must happen. The Bible said it will happen, and we trust that it will happen. Friend, at Bethel Baptist Church, we are catching a glimpse of what God clearly sees. We're beginning to tell others what God clearly says. But how many of you know that seeing and saying ain't enough? There's got to be more than just the seeing and the saving. Therefore, we must learn to live faithfully. By what God has clearly shown. By the coming of Christ Jesus, God in the flesh lived a human life and showed us how to live faithfully. So the proof is in the pudding. We watch Jesus and we live faithfully like he did. God bases his vision on the faith and obedience. That's revealed to his servants. And so, therefore, we gotta remember, we gotta remember that action without vision is a nightmare. But vision without action ain't nothing but a daydream. Vision without action is nothing but a daydream. So, friend, we have to realize that our vision should move us to act. Our vision should give us this sense of urgency. We should realize that the lives we live are a reflection of God's perspective. They're a reflection of God's expectation for his people. When we know where we're headed, when we know we're living by faith, then we know that our success is unlimited. And it's all because of God. But unless we live faithfully, unless we follow the incredible example of Jesus Christ Himself, we'll stay right where we are. If we don't live faithfully and follow the example of Christ, there will be no growth in the body. There will be no new decisions for Jesus Christ. If if the body of Christ just stays stagnant where it is, then we know that there will be no new worshipers of God. There'll be no new ministries to reach out and touch people and there'll be no new resources to reach the ends of the earth for the glory of God. Frankly, if we don't do our part, then we can't expect God to do His. So we have to be diligent to do our part. Let us put faith to our prayers. Let us put feet to the vision of God and let us participate in every effort that's made available to us to help fulfill the vision that God has given to us. Now, our God-given vision may lead us in places that may be difficult. For instance, our God-given vision may call you to go somewhere, like out of your comfort zone. Our God-given vision may call you to do something, like reschedule your personal activities. Our God-given vision may very well call us to be someone different than we are, like a more compassionate, obedient, and faithful believer of Christ. Our God-given vision may call you to change somehow. Like to be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer only. Our God-given vision may cause you to change your habits so that you're a better testimony for those in your workplace, for those in your school. Our God-given vision may cause us to change by giving of ourselves more by giving to others So if we wrap up this entire message, we do it with one sentence, and that is this. Vision with action can change the world. Vision with action can change the world. God wants you to see and to be a part of what he's doing at Bethel Baptist Church for 2022. And to see that vision come to pass in your life, some things are going to have to happen. To see God's vision come to pass in your life, you're going to have to catch a glimpse of what God clearly sees. A world full of lost people. Those who have come to Christ at one point in their life, but they've gone astray. And they need you to be the instrument of God, to draw them back into the family of God to see God's vision come to pass in your life, you're going to have to start telling people what God clearly says. You've got vital info, vital information that directly affects somebody's eternity. Are you going to keep that to yourself? Are you going to share it with those in such desperate need? But finally, if you're going to see God's vision come to pass in your life, You need to begin living faithfully by what God has shown through the life of Jesus Christ. To be given such a perfect and amazing example of godliness and righteousness and sinlessness and caring and compassion and love for our fellow man. It's an amazing example indeed. So what better way to conclude our Christmas celebration than for you to renew your commitment. Renew your commitment to the Lord's vision on your life. What better way to conclude our Christmas celebration than for you to begin? Begin enjoying new life in Christ. New life in Christ that will enable you to live a life of joy and peace and hope And love. So as we conclude our celebration of when Jesus first came. Let's be reminded today that Jesus is coming again. He's coming again for his church. He's coming again for his bride. And it's up to the bride to be ready for the bridegroom to come get us. He's coming again. For those who have accepted the vision of God. He's coming again for those who are living out the vision of God. For all those people out there that Jesus came to pay the price of sin for. So what a vision it is. What a challenge it is that I share with you this morning. But I want you to think how difficult it must have been for Brother Bill to chew on God's vision all week. Amen. And to realize how much I've fallen short. But realize that I am absolutely committed to seeing what God sees, telling others what God says, and living faithfully by what Jesus has shown me in the life that he lived. I pray that you will make a difference in your sphere of influence. You are chosen. You are called. You are the one that will affect the lives of the people and the friends in your family, in your school, and in your circle of friends. Will you commit to do that? This decision time is open to anyone and everyone.